Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. We're glad that you are here and that you can be a part of a recent service at TCC. So let's join the service, which is already underway, and listen to the message. We have come to a very special time in our Thanksgiving service, um, something that we did last year where we have invited certain members of the congregation to share their testimony with you tonight. Um, And so we have a few of them here on the platform, and we are going to just go one right after the other. Um, We've had to make an adjustment, and I'm going to ask Sister Kia to go ahead and come. Sister, I'm sorry. This is what the Bible means by be ready instant, to be instant in season, out of season, to always be ready, right? Go ahead, Sister Kia. You come on up here with me. If you do not know this wonderful lady, you need to know her. And the Lord has added her and her family to the Calvary Church, and I am so very thankful for that. Thank you. Good evening, everyone. I didn't expect to be first. I thought I was going to follow by someone, but I'm here. So um, I was asked to give my testimony, and I'm grateful to give my testimony because you're looking at a woman that God has made whole that was so broken at such a young age. Uh, When I was about four or five years old, I was put up for adoption, and I went to live with uh, some members of my family that I wasn't really familiar with. Um, In doing so, uh, they were Baptists at the time. Um, I was abused at that time. Um, Didn't understand a lot of things that were going on in my life and why, but as I got older, um, I was able to go back and live with my biological family. Um, And going back to live with them, I still felt very out of place, um, not welcomed and loved and things like that. And the older I got, I still couldn't understand why so many things was taking place in my life the way that they were. And at a young age, I started to do a lot of drugs and drinking, being out partying, you know, into men and things like that or whatever. That was just my life. I'm just being honest. And um, I still couldn't understand why I felt the way that I felt in life. Like I, was, I didn't feel whole. I didn't feel wanted, welcome, love, none of the above. And my mom married into Islam when we were really young. So I was raised in a Muslim household um, where you didn't speak the word of God. You read the Quran. You, read, uh, you prayed um, three times a day. We celebrated Ramadan a couple of times a year. And those that don't know what Ramadan is, basically you pray three times a day, you go to the mosque, and um, you basically eat when the sun goes down. And you're praying to a God that you really don't know about. I was reading books that I really didn't understand. I just did it because I was told to do it. Um, when I became older, I became a mom of two beautiful children. And one Sunday, Uh, My friend called and said, you know, hey, my dad told me to invite you to his church that they're starting. And I'm like, girl, I'm not going to nobody's church. All of this stuff I'm doing in my life, I'm not thinking about nobody's church. And she was like, well, that's okay. Just go. I told my dad you were going to come visit this, that, and the other. I said, all right, I'll think about it and go next Sunday. So I ended up going to the church the following Sunday. And the people were so welcoming, so loving, and so kind to me and my children. I was a single mom. They welcomed us with open arms. I really enjoyed myself, so I continued to go back. I stayed for a couple of weeks. One Sunday, they did an altar call. And I went up to the altar for prayer, and the lady was like, have you been baptized? And I was like, yes, I've been baptized before. And she was like, okay. I said, she said, were you baptized in the name of Jesus? And I said, girl, no, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, you know, all of that. And I'm thinking, honey, I'm I'm together with everything. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, I got everything. (laughs) She like, no, you ain't been baptized right then. You're supposed to be baptized in the name of Jesus. So she sat down with me, read some scriptures with me, prayed with me, gave me an understanding that was so peaceful to my soul. A lot of things I didn't understand what she was saying to me, to be honest with you, but it felt good to me. And with that, I went up. I was baptized in the name of Jesus. They invited me back the follow- that uh, Thursday night for their prayer service. I went up to the altar for prayer once again. They prayed for me. I didn't even have to tarry for the Holy Ghost. It fell upon me immediately. 
And from that, that day forward, I learned two scriptures immediately after that. The first scripture I learned was Philippians 4 and 13. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. The second scripture I learned is my favorite, and I put it on everything, is Jeremiah 29 and 11. For I know the plans that I think towards you, plans of good and not of evil to give you an expected end. And God has given me the greatest end that anyone could ask for. A lot of people still in my family... They do a lot of things that I don't believe in, but the one thing that I do believe in is the name of Jesus Christ, and that's the name that saved my soul. Thank you. So Stephanie and I had a uh, pretty awesome year this year. Uh, a lot of things happened. If you go back a year, we were moving into a new home, uh, starting a new job. God bless this came out of nowhere. Um, but there's another really cool thing that supersedes all of that. And Stephanie, since she's a, such a great public speaker, she does it for a living every day here, back there in the, in the halls of TCA. Thank you, Anthony. Um, that I wanted her to personally share her story. So, Believe me when I say I tried to weasel my way out of this one. <laughs> so in July, um, we decided to start adding to our family. After Harper, she was so great, you know, the light of our world. We're like, one more, why not? But in July, I had a miscarriage. And so I waited a few months, went to the doctor, and they're like, okay, well, see if anything evens out. That was in October of 2018. And um, so I went, I was like, okay, I'm going to give it a few months. So I gave it a few extra months. I was like, I don't want to go to the doctor. So in March of 2019, I went back for a second appointment. I was through this time from July until March, even after I was having symptoms of pregnancy every month. So it was like, oh, I'm pregnant. And then, no, I'm not. So it was that through the whole month. So in March, they decided to have me do blood work once a month to see if they could figure out what was going on. And during that time, March through the July, it was the same thing every month. I'm pregnant. No, I'm not. Um, and in June, Sister Reed posted on her Instagram the Draw the Circle devotional, which I hadn't read. We did it as a school, but I hadn't read it in probably a year or two. And so I was like, Luke and I talked, and we're like, okay, let's do that together. So we had a few specific prayer requests, that being number one, healthy, Emotionally, physically, mentally, every way possible, healthy baby, no matter what. And so that was June 17th. On July 3rd, my doctor's office called saying they were going to refer me to a infertility specialist. So we went through that grueling paperwork, <laughs> took hours, not even joking, hours for this paperwork. We made an appointment for July 12th. We went on vacation, not really thinking about it, trying to get it out of our mind. Came back home. I was like having the same symptoms. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing it. But then I was like, I'm not paying for an infertility specialist if I show up. And I'm like, oh, I am. So we took a test on July 10th, two days before my appointment, and found out that we were expecting Lincoln. So... Praise the Lord. The room looks a lot bigger when you have the microphone in your hand. <laughs> All right, so for anyone that doesn't know, my name is the third third or fourth time probably <laughs> so I was born in Columbus Ohio I was raised in the church the apostolic church uh, turn point apostolic church I was baptized in Jesus name as a child received the Holy Ghost as a child but something happened later on in my teenage years I ended up walking away from God when I was when I was a kid walking away from God and walking away from the church as a whole it all started when I was five years old. I was sexually abused by someone in the church. And this was, very, this was a very confusing thing for me. It was a very hard to 
caused me to isolate myself from the other community within the church. So I didn't attend any youth events, anything like that. So eventually, I was heavily involved in sports, and so all my friends were outside. I had no connection. So as we grew older, the influences that started to come on to my friends, influence of the world, the influences that the world says are okay. Those influences started to influence me because I had no influence elsewhere. Which, as you know, even though society doesn't, what's right, what's moral. Amen. So, sometime in high school, in my heart, I walked away from God altogether. Um, I was still going to church, I would like to say, because it was to please my father, but really it was because I had to, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> Which I'm, I'm very thankful for that guidance now, and I'm very thankful for everything my father instilled in me, even though I wasn't following after the Lord myself. I still had that example in my father. So parents, even when you think your kids aren't watching, they, they usually are. So it's always great to set that godly example even when you want to go left, but you know to go right, go right, because your kids are probably watching you. Amen. So, well, college came. Even in high school, I was involved in impure relationships around the time that I started to, drip, to, to fade from church, fade from God. And co- college came, and I attended a few churches here and there. Once I got to college, this was five, I just graduated this year, five years ago. Um, I attended a few colleges here and there, not colleges, excuse me, churches, but eventually I just stopped going altogether. I was just going to please my parents. So after that, I was just full on living in the world, just seeing what the world had to offer, seeing what I was missing out on as a kid, which kids, let me tell you, (laughs) everything you need is within these walls right here. Amen. You're not, don't worry, don't worry about what your friends are doing out in school or whatever, what you're missing out on, because you're not, you're not missing. There's nothing the world has to offer you that, that can beat what God has to offer you. Amen. So uh, just typical college stuff. I was partying, drinking. Um, really, that was the bulk of it. But that, um, and God started to, I really started to consider my, my eternity, consider... There's, there's, when I look back in hindsight, I can see all the times that God was, was pulling at me, reaching for me. And I have a ton of stories, but for time's sake, I'm going to not tell them. So I'm going to summarize it by saying about two years ago, I started to begin to have very bad pain attacks, and I was considering my eternity. And that's when I really came, I swear, I started to pick the Bible back up and read, read, read his word. And I really started to to ponder on what I was doing and how I had, one day I was going to have to answer for the fact that I knew the truth and walked away from the truth. So, but of course at this time I had feelings of, oh, you know, there's no way, like I'm too far gone. But I, I kept reading his word, I kept reading his word, and eventually I came to 2 Corinthians 5.21 that tells us that he who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. And that, that really brought me to and allowed me to experience true repentance and allowed me to, to experience his grace and his mercy like I had never experienced it before. And I'm so thankful for that today. And now I'm back and back and back and I don't plan on ever turning back. So blessed by those testimonies. And the hand of God reaches in so many areas that we cannot even imagine. And I'm thankful tonight for each one of these, Kia, Luke and Stephanie and Ethan. Thank you for having the courage to tell what the Lord has done in your life. Thank you. You, Ethan, you know, alluding to certainly grew up in church, but just kind of back in the, the way of the Lord over the last just year or so. And uh, tonight I want to invite somebody who has been following the Lord a little bit longer. 
but has a great testimony of the Lord's faithfulness in her life. And I want to have my Nana, Verla Simmons, come and share her testimony tonight. You may be seated. Okay, I was born and raised in southern Missouri, in the Ozarks, and my family was very dedicated to our Pentecostal Holiness Church. And my father was a deacon, and my mom was, she always took care of the evangelists when they came to the church to hold revivals. And my grandfather was a church planter. So I graduated from high school and went to St. Louis and got a job. I stayed with some friends that attended Whiteway Tabernacle Apostolic Church, and there I received the Holy Ghost and a revelation of the Godhead. I got baptized in Jesus' name in 1950. There, there were no Pentecost, United Pentecostal churches where I lived, and in fact, my folks had never heard of, Pentecost, of United Pentecostal Church, and that's what made it hard for my folks to believe it was the right way. My mother was so upset and worried, she thought I'd gone into false doctrine. She said, it's in the Bible that they'll come in his last days and doing things in his name, and he'll say, depart from me, I never knew you. And she told me it was of the devil. And so my mom, she told me she was coming to St. Louis to get me because she never raised me like that. And since I was 17, I'd have to come home. And so I never tried to pack up or anything, didn't make any preparation, and she never came. So that was a good thing. I'd gotten such a good experience from the Lord that I knew I was right. And, and I just, it made me so sad because I never disobeyed my parents. I just didn't, and I loved them so much. I would go home every other weekend because I missed them so much. And when Mom knew I was coming home, she would set up meetings for me to talk to ministers. And I was new in the oneness doctrine, and I could not explain it. So the minister would say, if it was real, then you could explain it. I just knew I couldn't go back because I knew I was right. So at Whiteway Tabernacle, I met Charles. And he was a song leader there and is active in the church. And I was attracted to him, but I never told anyone. (laughs) At the same time, I had found a job and was on it for a week, and I got the mumps. So I was off from work, and Charles came to the house to where I was living and asked if he could see me. So reluctantly, I said, okay, because I was swollen on both sides, and I looked a mess. (laughs) When I got over the mumps, he asked me out, and the rest is history. So sometime after dating Charles, I took him home with me to introduce him to my parents, and my mom had arranged two meetings for him. Charles was very well versed in the Bible, and the two people who she had to take him fishing was my grandfather and the pastor of the church. So they started their questioning him, and he would quote the scripture, and they would not go against him because he's quoted the word for their answers. So Charles and I got married in uh, 1955, and my parents thought a lot of him and accepted him, but they never changed their beliefs. In closing, I just want to say, if there's anyone out here that has had the same struggles with their family, just keep praying and the Lord will help you. Although my parents never accepted this way, it ended with being peaceful, and they would come to St. Louis and go to church with me. After Janine was born, they visited us, or we would go home often. And so they loved Jeannie so much that sort of broke a barrier. Grandchildren have a way of doing that. So I have served the Lord for 69 years, and I'm thankful for God's faithfulness. It's a beautiful testimony, and, and uh, she stole Charles' heart, sounds like. Tonight, for our conclusion to this service, I want to offer a few few thoughts, and specifically, I want to consider three acts of thanksgiving. I I am reminded with these testimonies that we have much to be thankful for, and not sure 
what you're thankful for tonight, but I hope you came tonight with something you could be thankful for. I'm thankful for No Shave November. Just want to say that. (laughs) Thankful for a lot of things, but just thankful for that. Thought I'd throw that in there. You're welcome. No shave December, no shave January. It all works, right? But uh, we teach our kids how and when to say thank you. Asher, little Asher, Andrew and Kate's boy, is learning to say thank you. Now, he doesn't quite say it like that, but uh, he, he attempts the word thank you. But at some point, I think kids lose the ability to say thank you. Like you learn it, and then it disappears. Saying thank you can actually be difficult. Has anybody ever found a child or a person who just would refuse to say thank you? God told us in His Word that this would happen. 2 Timothy 3.2, He said that, Men would be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful. It's a part of the last days. But when I consider the power of thank you, I am reminded of the story of Jesus healing the ten lepers. And I'm going to look at it just quickly, not going to spend a lot of time, but Luke chapter 17, verse 11 It happened as Jesus went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria in Galilee. He passed through the midst, and that means in between. Jesus went there on purpose, and Jesus lived his life on purpose. And so he passed through this in-between place of Samaria and Galilee, And then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. Now, leprosy in the Bible, especially in the Jewish culture, was a disease that would keep you separated from the rest of society. It was a curse, so to speak. It was probably one of the worst things that you could be diagnosed with. With And here he entered this village and there were these ten men who were lepers who stood afar off because they knew they couldn't get near him. It would have been almost illegal for them to get near. Their sickness kept them from Jesus. And what we understand by the passage that we under, uh, we'll, we'll look at a little bit later is that these were Jews and Samaritans. These, I don't know what the number of Samaritans versus the number of Jews, but we realize that the Jews and the Samaritans were together. And in other passages of Scripture, Samaritans and Jews didn't interact well. They didn't, they didn't really connect at all. And in fact, you are probably familiar with Jesus with the Samaritan woman who interacted with her, and it was quite significant. But here, Jews and Samaritans were together. And pain has a way of connecting people. Pain has a way of bringing people together that wouldn't ordinarily come together. And here we see these lepers were together, ten, some Jews, some Samaritans. And the scripture says they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They cried out to Jesus from a distance. They called him by name, Jesus. Then they said, Master. Then they said, have mercy on us. Jesus, who we're going to call you who you are. And Master, we're going to call you as we see you. And Mercy, we're going to call out to you because we feel like you can do something for us. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, go, show yourself to the priest. 
And so it was as they went, they were cleansed. Jesus spoke to them and said, show yourself to the priest. They had no evidence. They had no reason to show themselves to the priest. He hadn't healed them. There was nothing changed about them. But he said, go show yourself to the priest. So it was that as they went, they were healed. As they went. Their obedience to the voice of God enabled the miraculous to take place in their life. As they went, they were healed. But then we get to this important part that I want to just grab a few things from. It says, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. This ten lepers who are all in the same condition, brought together because of the same thing. They're obeying the word of God and they experience the power of transformation in that they are healed, but only one comes back to acknowledge Jesus, the master, the healer. And herein we realize that, in my opinion, this little footnote, he was a Samaritan. He was an outcast. He was the distant one. But he fell on his face at Jesus' feet and gave him thanks. I believe his thankfulness was born out of what he knew of himself. And this is the real genesis of thankfulness. We are thankful for things in our life when we realize just how far we are without God. It was a big deal that he came back. And I today am thankful for some things in my life because I know that I'm not worthy of them. And herein we find the first act of thanksgiving. Thanksgiving at its core is an act of humility. It acknowledges that you needed someone to help you. It doesn't assume that you deserve anything. A thank you, a thankful heart is an act where you humble yourself to somebody to say, I needed that and you provided it for me. And uh, uh, I don't know who said this, it's not unique with me, but a proud man is seldom a grateful man, for he never thinks he gets as much as he deserves. A proud man is seldom a grateful man, for he never gets, he thinks, or he, for he never thinks he gets as much as he deserves. The lepers were cleansed, all ten were cleansed as they went but only one humbled themselves to say that they needed help. Interestingly, it was this Samaritan, this one who was already an outcast, as if the others, maybe they were Jews who were going to go and maybe they felt like they deserved that healing. I'm not sure, but this Samaritan says, thank you. The second act of thanksgiving is that thanksgiving is an act of remembrance. It reflects on what has been done for the person. And I think we all appreciate 
things people do for us. But there is something meaningful when you remember what somebody does for you. And so Thanksgiving, when you give thanks, you are remembering. You are remembering what has been done for you. And finally, Thanksgiving is an act of proclamation. It expresses the appreciation in a way that is public. These other lepers, they just went on their way, but one humbled himself and he remembered what Christ had done and so he proclaimed his appreciation for what Christ had done. Thanking God for his goodness in his life. And so... Jesus makes this statement to this one. He said, were there not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner, this outsider? And he said to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Thanksgiving is an, ex- in, is an expression of faith. When you thank God, you are expressing faith to God. And I submit that Thanksgiving is faith that doesn't just heal you. Faith, thanksgiving is faith that makes you well. It makes you whole. It literally means to be saved. That when he came back to say thank you, he was having now the opportunity to have his life completely made well or complete. Thanksgiving is faith that makes you well. And so I'm reminded of the psalm, the psalm of thanksgiving that says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Thanksgiving, this attitude of thanksgiving allows us not to just live healed, but I believe thanksgiving allows us to live well. Reminded of the song, it is well with my soul. It allows us to go through dark times and difficult times. Thanksgiving allows us to live well. Tonight we're going to express our thanksgiving with the act of participating in what sometimes is called the Lord's Supper. It's called communion, the Eucharist, which means thanksgiving. I want to read 1 Corinthians chapter 11 to you. For I have received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Communion is first an act of humility. 
where we humble ourselves to God with thanksgiving to Him. We recognize our need of a Savior. Thankful for the testimony of Verla Simmons, 1950. She surrendered her heart to a Savior. And she would be the first to tell you that she still needs that Savior today. And so when we take communion, we're acknowledging our reliance on a Savior. We're thanking Him that we need a Savior. And might I add, we're also recognizing our need of each other. Communion is a holy task wherein we not only partake of the Lord's body and blood, but we also realize that we are part of a larger body. And so we humble ourselves to a Savior and herein humble ourselves to each other. Secondly, we remember His death. We remember what Christ did. We remember the Lord's death, that plot to kill Jesus. We remember the betrayal of Judas. We remember the beating, the crown of thorns and the nails. And we say, thank you tonight. We say thank you to a Savior who was willing to die on a cross and be obedient to the cross for our sins. And so we remember His death. And finally, in our communion tonight, we are going to proclaim His death. We don't just remember His death through the act of communion, but we also, through this observance, we proclaim His death. We again state that we are in a covenant relationship with Jesus Christ. We are purchased by His blood. We are in fellowship with his suffering. We remember the decision to repent of our sins. When we take communion, we remember the decision to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We remember that experience and we proclaim again what Christ has done in us. We proclaim our unity to each other. It's a public confession. It's a public act where we say we are thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ. And so I call us tonight to be thankful. Let us be thankful. Let us be humble. Let us remember and let us proclaim. And as we consider this, as I close, I ask you to stand. It is with reverent and a contrite heart that we acknowledge Paul's admonition. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul would say this, Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. But if we judged ourselves truly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. Tonight, when we partake of the Lord's Supper, supper, we're acknowledging that Christ died on the cross and that I'm trying to live to the best of my ability for Him. I'm humbling myself one more time to a Savior. I'm remembering what Christ did on the cross tonight. And I'm proclaiming as we take communion that Jesus Christ is Lord in my life and that you and I are brothers and sisters in Christ. When Jesus broke the bread, it's not like we have. We have these little cups and little wafers. Kind of loses the picture. 
But when Jesus did it, he took one piece of bread, one body, and he tore it apart, reflecting that we are one body. And so I'm going to invite our ushers to come. We're going to prepare to receive the bread and the fruit of the vine. Just going to have them pass that. And while they do, I'm going to invite us to pray. I'm going to invite us to pray a prayer of humility. As best as your ability, I want you to pray a prayer that humbles yourself to an almighty God. Maybe you need to imagine yourself kneeling before Jesus Christ. Maybe you need to imagine yourself like that leper. Like that leper who came back and he just knelt down before Jesus and said, thank you. But I wonder if somebody would remember the work that he did. Some of you have been recently baptized and received the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so it's maybe fresh on your mind. But some of you, I'm asking you to remember. Go back to the time when you stood at an altar or you were at a meeting or you were in your bedroom and the Lord touched you. Remember when you were baptized. Go back to that place in your mind and remember the freedom that you experienced when the name of Jesus was called on your life. Remember. And I wonder, as we pray tonight, if you would proclaim your allegiance to Jesus Christ afresh tonight. When we take this communion, proclaim, confess your allegiance to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Saying, Jesus... You are the master. Jesus, you are the healer. Jesus, you are the savior of my life. And I'm going to proclaim you tonight. And I'm going to proclaim you the rest of my life. Oh, hallelujah. Let's pray. Lord, God, we come to you right now. God, we come to you thankful tonight. We come back when maybe others have experienced salvation, Lord, and have walked away. But tonight, Lord, it's a room full of lepers, Lord, who are bowing their hearts to you, are bowing their knees to you, saying, thank you. Thank you for healing us. Thank you for delivering us. Thank you for setting us free. And God, we humble ourselves before you tonight. We humble our hearts before you tonight. God, we lay down our pride we lay down our selfish ambition we lay down all the things in our life god that keep you from being first and we humble ourselves before you and lord we reflect and we look back and we remember the moment that you touched us the moment you called us to an altar to find repentance and to find forgiveness of sins lord thank you for the moment lord we were baptized in your name thank you lord Thank you, Lord, that you called your name over us, Lord. Even when we were yet sinners, Lord, you still called us. You still invited us to be healed, to be saved. Lord, we remember. We remember tonight, Lord. God, we remember your faithfulness to us. We remember your love for us, Lord, your mercy. God, when we walked away from you, Lord, we remember how you kept reaching how you kept pulling at our hearts, Lord. We remember. We remember your death, Lord. We remember your work on the cross. And Lord, tonight we stand as a congregation. We stand as a body, a united body to proclaim your goodness, Lord. To proclaim your faithfulness and your kindness to us, Lord. God, we proclaim, God, your work on the cross. Thank you, oh God. Thank you, oh God. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We're going to receive the bread. So peel off the top. I want you to remember his body that was broken for you. Acknowledge your covenant to one another. Acknowledge your covenant to one another. Look around you. Look around you tonight. We're taking this together. We're one body. This body was broken for our healing and our unity. Let's take it together.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, you're inviting us to partnership with you, partnership with the body. Draw us near to you. Draw us near to each other, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. But I can't make it without the church. Can't make it without your body. Oh, hallelujah. God, we commit tonight to be there for each other, to strengthen one another, to lift one another. We remember your body that was broken. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's take the fruit of the vine. Remember his blood, his spirit. Thank you, Lord. God, thank you for breathing life into our hearts. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for the work that only you could accomplish. Thank you for making us new. Thank you for the new covenant. Thank you for the new agreement. Thank you for the new birth. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you feel comfortable, I want you to put your arm on the shoulder of the person next to you or grab their hand. Thank you, Lord. Would you just thank God for the church? Thank you, God, for every story, every testimony that weaves. God, that weaves an incredible picture of your glory and majesty in the earth. Thank you for Kia, Lord, and the story of how you brought her through. Thank you for your healing touch on Luke and Steph, Lord. Thank you, God, for reaching and loving Ethan, Lord, and reaching for him. Thank you for your faithfulness, Lord, with Nana, Lord. Thank you for every story, God, that lifts up your name in this place. God, thank you for the strength of the body. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're so kind to us, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Sweet touch of the Lord in this place. And we have for you tonight, um, we've done this the last number of years, but I, I, for those of you who don't know, we have a gift bag for you to take home. And we encourage you uh, to take communion with your family or take communion with friends that uh, you want to just remember the Lord. And uh, we want you to, to take that tonight. Um, we are just knowing that God is working among us. I... I just thank God for every story, every story. We don't have the time to pass the mic around, but I know that there are lives here who've been impacted by Jesus Christ so profoundly. And I want to tell you, we need your story. We need you, a vibrant member of the body of Christ. So I pray that as we 
eat the turkey and watch the football. That we thank God. We return the thanks. We return to give him thanks for his kindness, his faithfulness in our lives. While they finish this, I'm going to pray one more time. I'm going to pray for our families. I want to pray a prayer of blessing. And I pray that you would just have a a great rest of your week with family and friends. Lord, we come to you tonight. We are honored, Lord, that you would even consider us worthy of your grace. God, I thank you, Lord, for the blessings that are represented in this room, the lives that have been impacted by you, the lives that are turned towards you. I'm praying, God, as we gather with family and friends, that there would be a special touch on our gatherings. There would be a special peace that resides in our homes. I pray a prayer of blessing. God, we thank you for every provision. We thank you for the food that we're going to eat and all those things. We thank you for every blessing. But Lord, I pray that we would not fail to return to you the thanks that is due your name, that we would bring glory to your name in every gathering and every sitting. Lord, we worship you tonight. We are honored by what you've done in our life. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.